1: Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. A couple minutes after 4. It's the Tim DeMoss
2: Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the old App. Thanks for listening in today. Forecast kind of cloudy. A uh, little sunshine times today. Eventually, a shower may come our way later on tonight. Low down to 36, and cloudy and rainy start tomorrow, and then just kind of clouded the balance of the day. A little warmer tomorrow, 55 the high. Flyers lost 5-3 to the Islanders last night. They'll try it again at Florida tomorrow night at seven. And the Sixers beat the Clippers 110-103 last night. Ben Simmons a triple double as they say: 26 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. Joel Embiid also had 26 points in the win. Now I think the All Star break is coming up, so they'll be off. The Sixers will be for a little bit. Uh, so it's a new day. Danny. how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? A little sleepy, to be frank and honest. I was at the doctor last night with my daughter, one of four children currently in the infirmary in our household.
3: I know. You've told me. How got, is everyone doing?
2: Uh, well, spirits are okay. We're working together, try to get through it. My wife's a trooper. She's amazing. And uh, yeah, we split duty. My, my wife took our son somewhere, and then I took our daughter to get, because she thought she might have the mumps or something. We weren't sure. And Looks like she's all right.
3: Man, oh, man.
2: So, uh, yeah, sometimes I'm just staring into space like, uh,
3: <laughs>
2: okay. Help me. In fact, last night, I remember I was telling you yesterday, because you move pretty fast and sometimes I move kind of slow. Yeah. I'm I'm, a little, I'm very deliberate. I'm like, slow down. I got to, hold on. Don't leave the room. I got to talk to you about something. I know. Right? So last night, literally, I'm sitting at the kitchen table and my wife and I and our, our son, Toby, are like eating crackers and cheese or something, just hanging out. And I was talking about something, and uh, my son said to my my wife, "Do you get do you get impatient with dad when he doesn't say anything?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This just happened just today. I was just explaining. I'll I'll literally say the word um, and my next thought is about fifteen seconds away because I'm calculating everything from that day, and it's literally what happened last night." She said. She said, I mean, she wishes it was, I would talk faster sometimes. and then she. But then she readily said, Sometimes I, meaning herself, yeah. will flood me with lots of things to think about.
3: <laughs> I just see your brain buffering all the time. That's a
2: good word buffering. <laughs> I need buffering for the buffering. <laughs> but it's okay. And today I'm excited. We have an author. His name is Drew Dick. And this, the book is called Your Future Self Will Thank You Secrets to Self Control from the Bible and Brain Science. And there's a there's a dog on the cover. You've seen this.
3: I've seen this cover. I love this cover. What
2: kind of dog is
3: this? That is a tiny, beautiful, black French bulldog.
2: Wow. See, now my daughter, Theodora, who we promised a dog to and still haven't gotten one yet for, she's going to want a little bulldog.
3: She is so perfect, this little pup.
2: And there are cookies on the cover.
3: Yes, a plate of oatmeal raisin cookies. Is that what they are? I thought they were chocolate chip. No, if you look close enough, that's raisin.
2: Oh, you're right.
3: I know. When good, am I wrong?
2: You have... <laughs> Well, how much <laughs> time do we have? No. I'm so, yeah. So we're going to have a nice conversation with him. Uh, but I also heard that there's some good news emanating from your corner of the building.
3: Yes, there is. I wanted to surprise you and not tell you earlier today. Really? Okay. Yeah, And I know yesterday we were super busy. Yes. We are on so many platforms for this podcast. What? Yeah. We are on Google Podcasts. What? Stitcher. TuneIn. And Spotify. No way. And you know I love my Spotify.
2: I know. You're like a master at that.
3: Yep. Wow. Yeah. So we're on all of these platforms now.
2: We're going at like breakneck speed now. I know. So just so folks understand, getting the podcast even together and up on our site has been an undertaking. And and it's gone well. And in recent weeks, we've beefed it up with additional descriptions and all that. You've been working Mm -hmm. hard on that. And then was just Monday of this week, I think it was? Yeah. They appeared on our homepage. So if people go to WFL.com, they can get the podcast of the show really quickly. It's right there mm-hmm. on the homepage and scroll through them. But now you're telling me if they happen to be a Spotify kind of person, they live in that world or Stitcher or whatever else. Yep. That they can just download it there.
3: Yeah. And it'll just appear from that app. Whew
2: hmm That's pretty amazing.
3: Yeah. Nice work
2: by you. Thank you. There may be a little something extra in your paycheck this week.
3: I'm looking forward to it.
2: I said maybe something <laughs> extra in your paycheck this week. All right, so uh, we'll have author Drew Dick join us. Your future self will thank you. Secrets of self-control from the Bible and brain science. He'll join us. We also have copies of the book to hand out. So if you're listening in this hour and you're like, I'd like a copy of that, feel free to text in even from now in good faith that, hey, this is going to be a good interview, a good book. You can text us at 610-500-DOVE. just your uh, first and last name, and maybe self-control or SC, if you're in a hurry, we'll know what it's for. Back
1: with more in a moment, it's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.
2: 410, the Tim Damash Show, AM560, WFAL.com, and on the app as well. Thank you for tuning in. Quick reminder we have a big party coming up Sunday the 23rd of this month, noon to three at China Garden in Willow Grove. A very delicious and affordable buffet, 995 adults, 595 kids, 12 and under. And we have some free ones we're handing out, including a table of four. Just click the contest tab at WFAL.com to enter that contest. Looking forward not only to the food. But great conversation, just a chance to hang out with listeners. Again, it's Sunday, the 23rd of February, China Garden Inn in Willow Grove, a WFIL listener party. Looking forward to that a lot. Going to have some prizes on hand for that as well. We are joined now by author Drew Dick. He has written a pretty cool book, Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, uh, A Guide for Sinners. Twitters and procrastinators, which has set the world record for longest title I've ever interviewed someone with. Nice job.
4: I was just, get, I was going to say, Tim, <laughs> I'm impressed that you got all the way through it because you're right; it is the world's longest title.
2: It was breath control. Mm-hmm. I had to get my, you know, I had to pause there for a second, like a little pit stop, but got <laughs> through it.
4: Break. Yep. Yeah. So how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. To this.
2: Thanks for joining the program. I understand. That this book is interesting for a number of reasons. One is because you have all the answers to this, and that's what's in this book and yep. why people should read it.
4: Yeah, and more than that, I'm just a, a perfect model of self control myself. <laughs> no, uh, I wish I could I could make that claim, but the truth is, uh, the reason I was attracted to the topic in the first place was I realized that I had a lot of room to grow in this area, and so initially I was kind of reading uh, from the literature on the topic of self control and. Willpower and habits and grit—those kind of topics. Just for myself, just thinking: okay, how can I shore up my my um, deficiencies in this area? And then it sort of morphed into a book project from there. And I'm just hoping that it can be as helpful to others as it has been for me.
2: Yeah, well, and there's a lot there's a lot we can unpack. We can we can we can uh, kind of intersect with the book at various junctures and then let the reader do the rest from there. But near the beginning, you talk about your brother. And the heart attack that he had in his 40s and what that did for you, at least in the short term, and there's actually some humorous stuff in there too, and kind of as a lead into the struggle about moving forward in life in general, whether it's physical health or spiritual growth. Just talk about that that setup for, for folks listening in.
4: Yeah, sure. This was a, oh, a few years back. My brother, only five years older than me, had a heart attack in his mid-40s. I think he was 44, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and yeah, when you know when you're thinking about things like heart disease, of course, uh, your, your family is a pretty good indicator of the the troubles you might have. And my diet was pretty poor. Uh, my exercise uh, routine was non-existent. And so when that happened, man, it was like a wake-up call for me. And for about I don't know two weeks, I was like the fittest guy in the world. I was going out for runs. I was eating broccoli and salmon, and and getting rid of all the Doritos in my cupboard. But then, to my horror, I discovered. In a couple weeks later, I was slipping back into my old routines and I was like stunned by that because I was like, okay, not even the, the potential risk of a heart attack is enough. And I understand how, how scary that is. I have young children. I'm going, I need to take this seriously. But even though I knew all of that, I couldn't actually translate it into better behavior. I found myself, yeah, not exercising again, eating, eating whatever I wanted and sitting on my, the couch. And so what the big takeaway for me from that at least was that Often, having the right knowledge in our head isn't sufficient to actually translate into behavior change. Uh, It takes more than that. We have to look at willpower, habits, all these other topics, and and get a better understanding of how they work if we're actually going to make real change in our
2: lives. One of the things that made me laugh uh, out loud was when I read, uh, in, in in that introduction, you talked about one night you were eating a bowl of ice cream while watching TV and stopped for a second and said, what am I doing? And then I finished the bowl. (laughs) <laughs> right.
4: Which, I hope I hope um, listeners aren't judging me that they can identify, uh, you know, identify with that, <laughs> that struggle. But it's
2: it's true. We, we have those moments of, of poignancy where something strikes us, and then we're like, okay, I, I'll get back to that. Just let me finish what I'm in the middle of right now. And uh, throwing something right. out mid bite or mid box or something is, you know, I've done that. And I've also done what you did. I've thought about it. Like, I really need to. This is this is serious. And then keep going. Uh, and then I'll deal yep. with it tomorrow. So, yeah. Well, and so and That's I'll, the truth. But in part of it, so folks uh, listening in, it's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Drew Dick is our author, uh, author guest today. Your future self will thank you. Secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science. Uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. Well, a guide for sinners, quitters, and procrastinators. I'm a perfectionist. I have to keep going the whole title. But you talk, <laughs> it. You talk about it as a journey, right? So this is not a book that you set out like, I, I know all this stuff. It sounded almost like a... A write-as-you-go book, although it wasn't like start from complete scratch with no knowledge of anything or no thinking involved, uh, but kind of rather like, I want my life to be the laboratory that, that that this book is going to be kind of tested out on as I'm writing it.
4: That's exactly right. First of all, there are no complete experts in this topic where they've got it all figured out. So I really wanted to take that approach where I'm coming alongside the reader and going, listen, I have a lot of room to grow in this area. And like you said, I'm going to kind of run, you know, look at what I discover and then apply it to my own life. So I've got these little sections throughout the book where I try to institute these new behaviors that I've always wanted to uh, kind of work into my life, like in simple things like praying every day, uh, starting each day reading my Bible, exercising regularly, uh, those types of things. And I'm very honest about how that went. You know, it's a two-steps-forward-one-step-back sort of endeavor often. Um, Yes. (laughs) By instituting some of the principles especially staying connected to God, because that's a huge part of this, right? It's the fruit of the Spirit, as the Bible calls self-control. Uh, and so we really need to be connected to God if we're going to see this fruit grow in our lives. I did have a modicum of, of uh, success in some of these areas, which was really encouraging to me, because these were things that had kind of nagged at me and kind of had my number for years, uh, and to see some actual growth. And, and I tell people, they're like, okay, so are you some kind of ninja of self-control now? No. I mean, I, I lost 25 pounds. But I gotta tell you, I got 25 to go, right? So I'm not there. Uh, do I have my devotions every day? Just about, but there are mornings I miss still. But it's a lot better than I was doing before. So I think that's the important thing. You, you don't want to, you know, beat yourself up if you haven't arrived at perfection in some of these areas. That can be very demot- demotivating. Uh, even incremental change is important.
2: Yeah, and just to point out, uh, having read through your book, that it's not. Uh, a book on perfection. It's not a self, make yourself a, a perfect human being. The idea, like, look, hopefully in this lifetime, I am making some progress. I don't want to be just saying it doesn't really matter till I'm dead, then I'll be everything's all right then. Like, let's hopefully right. make some progress in the meantime. And, and by, you know, God loves me the whole way through, but let's do something if we can. And, and if we struggle, we, we get back up and keep moving. So, uh, Right. you know what, what were people thinking when you were telling them about writing this book and you know what were what were the responses you were getting from folks initially because
4: you know there's an impression
2: yeah. right so
4: yeah that's right. no absolutely self-control uh, doesn't exactly have a, a great reputation often I mean in the sense that people view it as kind of almost Victorian or confining boring at least right yeah. and so I would mention to people hey I'm writing a book on this topic and I'd hear a lot of sighs and groans because people would be like ugh. You know, I don't want to think about that, or I, I know I, I'm weak in that area, but I, you know, it's sort of like the overdue dentist appointment that you've been putting off. You know you should get better. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, what I discovered. I think when you see this topic from a biblical perspective, this is very clear, too. It's just the reverse. Ultimately, self-control, developing that virtue in your life, isn't confining or boring. It's actually incredibly liberating, right? Because as you say no to selfish and sinful impulses, as you you know grow in godliness and, and, and make some progress, to use the $10 theological word in your sanctification, what happens is that your life actually opens up. You're able to love God, to love others. Uh, you're, not, you're not beholden to the slavery of sin as much, uh, even though, of course, like we've been talking about, you never arrive at perfection. So it's actually incredibly exciting to me. And it's something that kind of gets easier as you go. I mean, this is, I think, just intuitively true. If you think of anything, say it fine that Well, it might feel good, to. You know, go and spend a ton of money today on your credit card. But we know how that plays out, right? A month or two down the road, you're going to get these bills coming at you, and your options are actually going to decrease. You're going to have to work more, and and your life is going to get narrower. Whereas if you exercise self-control in the immediate, if you delay gratification, if you get good at that, your life opens up. So I think it's tremendously important and ultimately a very exciting topic.
2: Author Drew Dick is our guest. The book we're chatting about, Your Future Self, will thank you, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, A Guide for Sinners, Quitters, and Procrastinators. If you want to win a copy, we're handing them out throughout the program. 610 500 dubs the number, 610-500-3683. Just send a quick text with your first and last name and uh, the word self-control in there, or SC, and we'll put you in the mix. We have several copies we'll give away during the program. Back with more in just a moment. The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFL.com and on the app as well.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFL and WFIL.com. AM
2: 560 WFL.com on the app as well. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show today. Thanks again for tuning in. If you want to win a copy of the book that we're chatting about today, your future self will thank you. Secrets of Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, a guide for sinners, quitters, and procrastinators. Here's the number. 610 500 dove Just text in the entire title of No, I'm just kidding. Just text in the word self-control. The word self-control? Is that one word with the hyphen? Type in self-control or just SC. That'll be good enough. With your first and last name, we'll put you in the mix to win a copy of the book today. Thank you for uh, listening in as we hang out together this afternoon. Drew Dix, our, our guest, he's the author of the new book, uh, Your Future Self. Well, thank you, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, uh, a guide for sinners, quitters, and procrastinators. And again, there's so many different facets to this. Uh, the self-control idea that you just said for a second there, that it really opens up to freedom rather than being a straitjacket—and um, that it's kind of a thing, like to work on, on in and of itself. Like that's a, a piece of life. You actually bring home in the book the the notion that it's actually in, what's they call an instrumental virtue. Like it's something that cuts across everything else that makes the other ones actually possible to happen. So it's much more foundational than rather than one spoke in the wheel.
4: Right. I think sometimes we'd like to think like, okay, I'm not I'm not great with self control, but I'll develop these other areas. You know, um, I'll become I don't know uh, faithful, honest, generous. All those things take self-control, right? Yeah, yeah, right. That you're setting aside your, your own uh, uh, destructive, at times, impulses and desires. And so, yeah, you're, that's absolutely right. It's an instrumental virtue, uh, it's crucial if you want to grow in any area of your life. Uh, and that applies not just to, like, spiritual things, but also just to kind of regular things. If you want to get in shape, if you want to be a little more productive, all of those things. Self-control is, is a major thing. And I think sometimes people, they're out there, they're looking for the perfect program, right? Okay, I need the perfect diet. Oh, that one didn't work for me because it wasn't engineered for me, or this productivity scheme, or this Bible reading app. But here's the thing. Most of them work. Most of the diets, most, most of the reading schedules work. What doesn't is your self-control. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to stick on this thing. Um, and I understand that's an uncomfortable conclusion to come to, no, but, uh, but I had to right. that one for myself. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. So if you don't grow in that area, is what I'm saying, uh, then often you're doomed just to to continue to fail at these endeavors. And yes, like you said, too, as as a believer, I don't take this as, okay, it's just some self-help success program where I'm going to use self-control to become, I don't know, really rich or powerful or whatever, so I can look down on other people. No, it is ultimately not even about the self. I think it's about actually your ability to glorify God, to love others like you want to, to serve people like you should, that's ultimately the purpose for self-control.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned that a little bit, too, in, in the whole idea of what uh, what was the, the monk's name, uh, Thomas, I forgot his name, uh, Master or Meister or something, uh, not Meister, who talked about, like, okay. if you develop self-control but it's in the wrong area, uh, you know, and where are your goals? What are you trying to be self-controlled oh, about, yeah. right? If you have yeah. the ladder against the yeah. wrong building, how's that go? Uh, uh,
4: yeah, that's right. I heard that quote. I didn't know it was from Thomas Merton, but basically you you don't want to get to the end of your life. uh, Climb the ladder to the top of of, uh, success and realize that you'd lean the ladder against the wrong wall.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right.
4: Um, And I think a lot of people do that. They work like dogs, right? But they they say they they succeeded a career, that gets them working 80 hours a week, and then they've neglected their family, their marriage falls apart, the kids hate them. And then you go, wow, I leaned my ladder against the wrong wall here, right? So yeah. that's why it's so important to orient your priorities and your values according to what God says in His Word. That is, putting love of God and neighbor um, and your responsibilities to your family uh, kind of at the center, and then developing self-control to serve those ends. And the cool yeah. thing, one of the cool things that I discovered in researching for this was uh, in what researchers called sanctified goals. And that's not a Christian term, that's just a research term. Okay. Basically what they discovered is if you attach a spiritual significance to your goal— uh, even if it's a, a rather mundane goal, like say you wanted to lose 10 pounds, well, you can motivate yourself by saying, I want to fit into those old jeans, or I want to look better in the mirror. But if you, if you think of that goal in spiritual terms, so maybe you say to yourself, hey, my body is a temple of God's Spirit, and I want to treat it well, and I want more energy to pursue God's call on my life, hmm. so I need to get in shape. If you think along the latter terms, and think of it in spiritual ways, you will actually have far more success in pursuing that goal, um, as opposed to just motivating yourself sort of by superficial or selfish interests. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting, because as Christians, you know, we're we're called to, I think, view everything in the light of eternity, do everything uh, for God's glory. And when we actually do that, it actually helps us In the pursuit of
2: those things, yeah. And uh, one of the things you were when you were talking there, there was a a quote uh, the guy from Harvard Business School, Clayton Christensen, who said, "I guess he he looked back later at his former classmates and where they had employed their self uh, control and and their their discipline, and they come back at a class reunion years later or whatever, and their their lives are in shambles in a lot of cases. And that certainly wasn't. But his point was that that wasn't their goal when they were in at Harvard Business School." They weren't setting out to get yeah. married, get divorced, have, have no relationship with their children. But the reason yeah. that that happened is because they had lost track of really what their purpose was about, what their life's about. I I just bring that up because that's to underscore why are you doing what are you doing makes a huge difference. Don't just get good at doing something. It's like the difference between being efficient and effective, right? You can be efficient at something, but maybe you're efficient at the wrong thing. If you want to be effective, you have to yeah. be, right? So, No, that's
4: sobering because no one sets out to do that, right? No one says, Okay, um, in twenty years, I'm going to destroy my family and yeah. uh, you know I blow up my life. Right? That that's never intended. Right. Um, and so that's why it is so important to have the right priority, the right motivation. The most sobering thing to me is to develop self discipline, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Right? Yes, <laughs> and yes. then it just makes yeah, it, it makes it more certain that you will, will end up ruining your life.
2: Drew Dick is our guest. He's the author of the book, Your Future Self. Well, thank you. Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, A Guide for Sinners, Quitters, and Procrastinators. He's also done uh, written a couple other books, Married, Children, done a lot of other good things. His work has been in, uh, featured in USA Today and Christianity Today and a number of other things as well. The book we're talking about, though, today, I uh, want to focus on the fact that you know it's kind of, as we mentioned earlier, uh, like a work in progress where your life is part of the laboratory that you're writing in and around and that to get that really going in the right direction, you went to the expert to speak into your life, I understand. Very courageous of you. Your lovely, <laughs> your lovely bride. Oh, yes. <laughs> Remember, oh, yeah. You're like, who is that? Who is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. So how'd well, that I was, go? I,
4: thinking, I talked to a few experts, but, yeah, geez, yes. that was the most threatening one for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> what did I she say? I talked a lot of psychologists and sociologists. But, yeah, early on, I'm going, okay, where do I really need to develop uh, self-control. And I had a few ideas in mind, of course, but often we don't see ourselves perfectly, right? And so yeah. it takes getting a little bit of an outside perspective, but from someone who knows you well, I'm like, okay, that's my wife. Uh, and the first obstacle was that she is way too nice to actually say mean things. So I had to push her a little bit, like, hey, no, honey, come on, let let me have it, give it to me straight. And, and what she said is, she's like, you know, after all these qualifiers and caveats and, oh, you're a great guy, <laughs> she yes. said, sometimes, you know, I see you, you love to talk about theology, you like to debate about God, but sometimes, and she said it in the gentlest terms, you don't, you, you neglect some of those basic spiritual disciplines <laughs> in your personal life, like <laughs> time alone with God in His Word, prayer, that yeah. kind of thing. That was a little painful because I was like, you know what? She, she has my number. Absolutely. I mean,. I could have tried to defend myself. Oh no, I read a lot of Christian books and I went to seminary and, you know, but the truth was that I was incredibly inconsistent in those, in those kind of personal devotional times. So that was one thing I did and I talked about this early in the book. One of the things I try to do is just pray for 10 minutes every morning. I know that's like, oh, don't hurt yourself, right? That's pretty easy. Well, it turns out, I mean, if you're not used to doing it on a regular basis, it was difficult. I remember the first time I tried it, I, I set a little timer on my phone for 10 minutes. I got right down on my knees like a weirdo in my office. I work from home, so I could do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sitting there praying, and after a while, I'm like, okay, that's, that's a, there's something wrong with the phone, but it's been at least 20 minutes. I get up and check. It had been seven, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just wasn't used to kind of, you know, sort of sustained sessions of prayer.
2: Yeah. Um, Pray slower.
4: Man, I'll tell you what. Well, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and
2: <laughs> Large, Larger font prayers.
4: <laughs> right. There's no way to fudge on that. Um Anyway, but and and then I get into the whole kind of um, importance of habits. But if you can establish a a routine in your life like that, even if you start really small, I mean, even if you just walk around the block at first, if it's exercise or praying for a few minutes in the morning, what happens if you can persevere through that 30, some people say 60-day window of habit formation, uh, it's far more likely to stick in your life and get to the place, and this is the goal, where you don't really think about it. You're not expending willpower every time you try to do one of these things. It's just automatic, and you do it very easily. Uh, and so that was incredibly helpful for me personally.
2: Author Drew Dick is our guest. The book, Your Future Self, will thank you, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, a guide for sinners, quitters, and procrastinators. If you want to win a copy, we're giving several away during the hour. 610-500-DOVE is the number, 610 500 36. Eighty-three. Just send a quick text message with your first and last name and the word self-control or even the letters SC will be good enough to that number, 610 500 dub 610-500-3683. Text in and we'll make uh, you a winner, perhaps. I'll be rooting for you. Back with more in just a moment, Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL.
1: Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's
2: 437 on the Tim DeMar show, AM 560, WFIL.com. And on the app, how you doing? Thanks for listening in. Forecasts on the uh, cloudy side. A little sunshine as the afternoon peters out, down to 36 tonight. May get a shower or two. Cloudy and rainy early tomorrow. And then uh, just kind of cloudy, 55 to high. Flyers lost last night, 5-3 to the Islanders. They're at Florida tomorrow night at 7 and the Sixers beat the Clippers last night one ten one oh three. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, each with 26 points. Before I continue our conversation, Danny, just an exciting piece of news that folks are just tuning in. The top of the hour, you said something about the new podcast, which was exciting in and of itself because on Monday it appeared right on our homepage. Mm-hmm. So people could actually get the podcast, this program, Yeah. easily at WFL.com, but now even more easily. Yeah. And I can't remember all the places you said. There's
3: now, it's now on Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher.
2: On Stitches. Wow, that's a good one. (laughs) I heard. How hard was it to get get those up there? Because they don't take just anybody, right? Don't you have like a super wildly popular show to be on all this?
3: Yep, exactly.
2: Okay. You're not humoring (laughs) me, are you?
3: No, no, no. I would never.
2: So you have to apply for that, right? Or something? Don't you have to kind of? Yeah,
3: there's a lot of paperwork and nitty gritty stuff
2: you've been working on it for months i understand yep even before you started working here oh yeah yeah you're thinking about how i was I doing help? it in the womb <laughs> wow that's a long time ago <laughs> well so if people want if they're if they're a spotify kind of person how does that work they can just
3: you can just search The Tim DeMoss Show and it'll pop up. Or if it's on the WFIL homepage and you're looking, there's a little icon in the top right okay. of what you're listening to where all the blue lines are and the audio making noises and waves. There's yes. a little like, icon. It looks like an
2: ultrasound kind of.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking exactly.
2: of in the – right. Anyhow.
3: And there's a little icon on the top right corner. If you click on that, it shows you all the different platforms that you can stream it on.
2: Okay. So, people can actually go to our site and see the links to those things too, or no?
3: Yes. So, if you click on a oh. specific podcast yeah. that you want to listen to, okay, okay, that's going to pop up that specific podcast. And you can listen right there. Right. Or but then there's a little blue bar that pops up, which shows the audio waves and looks yeah. super cool and pretty. Right. And then in the top right of that, there's a little icon. And if you click on that, it shows you all the different platforms you can stream this podcast on.
2: Wow. Mm hmm. So it gets easier and easier for easier the audience. Easier. We're all about convenience. Yes. Well, thanks for the report that I could never have done alone. Nice Glad work. To help. For, and for and more importantly, for helping get the podcast out there. Yeah. Which I got. It's free. Folks are welcome to help yourself to any of the podcasts uh, at WFL.com and those places that Danny mentioned, including uh, probably 30, 45 minutes after this one, mm-hmm. after the show today, people can get. Uh, the interview we're having uh, with uh, D- Drew Dick, the author of the book, Your Future Self, Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, A Guide for Sinners, Quitters, and Procrastinators. Some of the chapter titles, just to because uh, there's plenty we could talk about, uh, says, Sorry, Self-Control Isn't About You, Meeting the Enemies, Hope for Growth, The Transforming Power of Habits, Training Your Elephant, Grace Means I Don't Need Self-Control, Discipline living in an age of distraction and learning from addicts. Uh, and they all have some fun subtitles that go underneath them. Uh, the one that one I want to just pick for a second, the hope for growth one, uh, how to grow your puny willpower muscles. And you're kind of touching on it there a little <laughs> bit, but I think people need, there's, there's certain things we know we should have potentially, at least on the surface avoid, but there's also something about seeing, well, what give me something I can look at that actually gives me a bit of a, a map or what does, what does wellness look like? Maybe say, call it that way or something. Uh, cause there's lots of things that maybe aren't good, but what would get me where I need to go? And so, uh, mm. you know, share anything about kind of maybe help folks listening in zero in a little bit on how can you get from where the wherever you are, whatever point in your life and whatever area, it, was there something that kind of you found cut through different disciplines, whether it's more spiritual focused or physical, you know, excellence or, more relational or whatever it mm-hmm.
4: might be? Yeah. Well, just a word about willpower. First of all, Yeah, get that, that chapter is all about willpower. Um, you know, 20 years ago, sociologists discovered something fascinating about willpower through a series of experiments, and it's simply that your willpower is finite. That is, it's limited. It runs out. and They've done experiments that kind of demonstrate this, right? Maybe you can withstand temptation the first time, but the second time around, you're weaker. The third time, you're weaker still. Uh, and so you have this precious commodity of willpower. Now, the good news is that by exercising self-control, as you resist temptation, do difficult things, your willpower can actually strengthen, it's kind of like a muscle. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's important to do that. But here's the, the, the bigger issue, and that is going back to habits. Because the beauty of a habit, if it's a good habit, is that while you're doing it, when you're in the routine of a habit, you're not actually expending willpower. You're on autopilot almost, right? Um, you're not even concentrating. Like the guy who wakes up and runs five miles every morning, uh, he's not slapping himself in the face and going, okay, I need to get out there. It's so hard. Hmm. It's a habit. It's, he's just doing it. So the crucial thing to me was, it was realizing, um, homing in on some of those habits, bad habits, first of all, in your life and replacing them with good habits. Cause that's another kind of cardinal principle when it comes to habits. It's, it's easier to replace a bad habit with a good one than create one out of thin air. So I'll just give you one silly example. Um, I want to read my Bible every morning. And uh, I've a hard time doing that. I won't get into all the, the, the failures and the plans that I had that didn't work out. But I, I fully intend every night I go to sleep. I'll be like, that's it. I'm going to wake up in the morning, and instead of starting like I usually do, looking at email, social media, on my phone, I'm going to read my Bible. But the problem is, I had a habit. I didn't even realize it. I was conditioned to roll out of bed in the morning, reach for my phone, and start to consume content on my phone. Finally, what I had to do is get that phone off my nightstand, plunk my big black Bible in its place, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. and then it was relatively easy because I'd roll out of bed conditioned to consume content, but instead of my phone sitting there, I was faced with my Bible. And incidentally, I tried even the Bible app. That didn't work because, you know, I was like <laughs> going on Twitter instead of the Bible app, uh, so I had to go analog. Um, so anyway, that, that's yeah. a simple little life hack, but for me, it made a big difference just kind of replacing some of those habits. Um, and then one more thing I'd like to add, yeah. the, um, researchers talk about keystone habits. These are habits that not only have a positive effect on your life in and of themselves, but they actually exert a positive influence across the spectrum of your life. So, for instance, exercise is one of those. We know that. So if you exercise in the morning, you will be more productive at work. You will eat better for the rest of the day. Uh, the research bears that out. Prayer. Prayer and meditation are proven keystone habits. It's incredible, to the point where there are—I there, I read an atheist uh, op-ed in the New York Times where this atheist goes, maybe I need to start going to church and praying if I want to develop more self-control, because it's that powerful. Wow. But, right? Um, yeah, and so identifying some of those keystone habits, implementing them in your life can have a tremendous impact on every area of your
2: life. You know, it's—for it's, it's those just tuning in, we're chatting with Drew Dick. He's written this book, Your Future Self. will thank you. Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible— and brain science: A guide for sinners, quitters, and procrastinators. And uh, I just think it's so important that it's a very good distinction. If someone's struggling with a lot of things, and I, I would say most of us have enough struggles in each area of our lives that you could feel a little bit burdened. Like I'm not sure if there's really much um, hope for me. I'll, I'll kind of cope. You know, I have my mechanisms to get me through the day, but I don't necessarily see much progress ever really happening. Too much in any of these areas, or maybe one of them only. But that notion of once you can shift from, uh, you know, into that habit mode, that's a, that's a big deal. That it becomes kind of part of who you are, and uh, and it's not like you have to work super hard all the time at the same things. You know, once you get over that little period there, you find yourself in a new place you never maybe thought you could be in. So that, that's hopeful for people, I think, to think that way and, be, and realize that that's actually true. You know, it's not like you have to struggle for years. I know when I go work out, I've struggled back and forth over the years, but when I get into it, my mind follows, and it just becomes part of, yeah. I'm, I'm getting up, that's what I'm doing that day.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, and here's another thing I want to say, too. Discouragement, is such a, uh, a toxic thing when it comes to self-control, because—and I get it, right? Because inevitably, we mess up, we fail, um, even if we have these great plans for change. Uh, and the problem is, if you dwell in that failure and you don't kind of, you know, first of all, if it's a sin issue, if you don't seek God's forgiveness, really internalize that grace— Uh, that actually just, that fuels more bad behavior. So it's incredibly important to cut yourself a little flat and go, hey, listen, you know, this, this week, maybe I got to the gym once or twice and I wanted to go five times, but you know what? That's better than zero. Maybe next week I'll get three in, you know? I mean, just, just being modest and, and, and having a kind of, um, uh, yeah, modest expectations for the kind of growth you can have initially anyway is super important. One, study that I found fascinating. Researchers, uh, they were diet researchers, actually, coined this term that was basically what-the-heck-effect, they called it. And this Good. is a phenomenon when people have a small indiscretion, say, in their diet. What follows that is often a full-on binge. And I've been there myself because you think, okay, I ate one cookie, I've already ruined my diet, now I'm going to go crazy and just clean up the whole bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it's such, it's so, it's, it's a dumb way to think, but that's how we are as humans because we feel bad, we've already messed up, and now we're just going to go crazy. Okay, so They also talked about a different phenomenon called the fresh start effect. And this is kind of the opposite thing, where when you perceive you have a blank slate, then your behavior actually improves. And to me, I think this applies not just to dieting, but to all areas, and sin and everything. Hmm. And as Christians, we have the ultimate fresh start effect. We're adopted into God's family, we're forgiven. And what flows from that isn't a desire to sin more, it's actually to live a life of self-control, of godliness, um, a healthy life. Uh, because we know we have a fresh start. So incredibly important not to pile on the guilt, not to wallow in discouragement, um, but to ask God's forgiveness, uh, pick up, and keep going.
2: Yeah, and as you're talking, it's a great reminder. I remember reading at one point in the book, which I thought, uh, if I even if I had to pick one line out of the whole book, that kind of summed it up for me. It was um, when you wrote, now, ultimately mastering yourself is only accomplished by being mastered by God. Yeah,
4: that's true for the Christian. Absolutely, Uh, this isn't a self determined sort of thing. Uh, And and this is what else I I, um, think about this topic. It's a common misunderstanding. It's not really about control, even though it's self control. Yes, it's actually about surrender. Right. If you're living a life of self control as a Christian, you're you're moving through each decision, each situation in your life, and you're saying, God, am I going to submit to you and what you want me to do in this situation, or am I going to choose my own way? And when you put aside your own way and you choose what God Wants for you, which is what's best for you anyway. Then you're living a life of
0: self-control. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, that's 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 great. It's really true, and uh, and I think it's important because, it, and uh, you know, again, as I read through the book, the, the the various facets of it included, you know, lots of great quotes, uh, interesting things like the one your English teacher in high school said: "There's no such thing as losing self-control because when you lose it, someone else gets it." Um, <laughs> right. right? It's a great way of thinking yeah. about it. like, yeah, well, if you spend too much money, then guess who owns you? I mean, Proverbs, the Bible talks about that, too, the, the, the borrower is slave to the lender. Um, Absolutely. But there are a lot of other ways, too. So but so so the, your book has a lot of those things, but practical things, and then um, stuff I think people can appreciate, whether they're a Christian or not. And then, of course, you mentioned, obviously, if you're a believer, then this whole thing really, uh, ultimately, you're time with the Lord and being— Uh, finding him as your source for, as you mentioned, Galatians 5, uh, the fruit of the spirit chapter, which is super well known Um, and self-control is being tied to being connected with God. That's really where you're going to find your, was it no root, no fruit Uh, or no fruit, no root. Right. So anyway. (laughs) works either way. Yeah. 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 (laughs)
4: So true.
2: Joe Dick's our guest. The book's called Your Future Self. Will thank you. Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. A guide for sinners, quitters, and procrastinators. If you want to win a copy, send a quick text to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just put your personal last name in there and uh, the word self-control, and I'll put you in the mix. We're making winners throughout the hour. Back with more in just a moment, WFIL.
1: Have a guest you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at wfil.com. Coming down the home stretch of The Tim DeMoss Show on
2: WFIL with author Drew Dick, the book Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, A Guide for Sinners, Quitters, and Procrastinators. Really enjoyed reading through this book. Nice job with it. Uh, And and how is it being received? How are you finding it? What are people saying when they talk with you about it?
4: Oh, well, thank you, first of all, um, for those kind of words. And I've been thrilled by the response, honestly. I, I didn't expect, you know, honestly, I worried about the saleability of a book like this. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> okay, self-control, not the sexiest topic. Um, but I- I've just been thrilled by the responses. And the- some of the most encouraging ones, too, are to hear from someone who read it and then they gave it to their, like, teenage son, and uh, hmm. they loved it and found it useful. Uh, my My 12-year-old nephew said he loved it, and that was, awesome and a little humiliating that a 12-year-old can totally understand everything <laughs> I wrote. Uh, <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but yeah, that, that's been huge, especially when people share, like, hey, you know, I've had people on social media like, Drew, I lost 60 pounds after reading your book, or I've been able to, had a college student come up to me at an event and say, you know, I read your book, and I, I've been able to establish a regular time of communion with God every day, uh, <laughs> you know, not just because of my book, but Man, that that as a writer, you're going wow. I mean, when anyone other than your mom reads your book, it's, it's good news, and so hearing stuff like that's tremendously encouraging.
2: Well, it's great having you on the program. Thank you for doing that. And uh, are you you're on the West Coast, right? You're in Portland.
4: You bet. Yeah. Well, I'm actually in Vancouver, BC, which is just across the river from Portland, Oregon. Okay. I'll be like 15 minutes from Portland here in the beautiful but very rainy Northwest.
2: So, are you a, a Trailblazers fan in, in hoops, or are you? Of course. Okay.
4: Of course, yes, and and a long suffering one too, because yeah, things haven't been going so well for them. Uh, but this is a this ties into self control. Suffering produces character. It's right? true. So it's that's
2: true. <laughs> you must have a ton of character. I mean, there is that one link because the, the Sixers in basketball here have also been long suffering in a lot of ways. Because yeah. when I was a kid, the Trailblazers, Portland Trailblazers, beat the Sixers. And I guess oh, okay. 19, 19, for the championship in 1977, I think it was nine or 10. Yeah. At the time.
4: Oh, right. Bill Walton, Correct.
2: Yeah. And Dr. J was just coming into the things with the Sixers and they lost two more before they finally won with Moses Malone in the in 1983. Well, and you gave us Chip Kelly as well, you know, former Oregon Ducks football coach. He came to oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. he was yeah. the Eagles coach yeah. for a couple of seasons. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts on anything? You know, you, there there are again, there are plenty of things we can dive into. We do not even technically define self control, did we? Uh, well, right. You know, right, no, there's a lot of different. You know, what it is, what yeah. it isn't, but um, people can get an idea. Well, maybe, actually, maybe this is a good way. A little P.S. on the end, because self control is mm-hmm. often tied to denying yourself of something, right? Like, you know, don't do right. that, uh, or don't do it yet. But it's more to it than that, right? Maybe sometimes, like, don't do that at all. Not just not now. Or maybe it's something you should be doing um, rather than just avoiding things.
4: No, that's so true. I think when when you hear self control, you think of okay, there's that donut. I don't want to eat it. You know, Um, or look at that illicit image or whatever it is. Yeah, Uh, and that's certainly part of it. But it's bigger than that. So the way I define it is, you know, the ability to do the right thing even when you don't feel like doing it. (laughs) So sometimes that means resisting that temptation, but sometimes it means this is this is a honestly, sometimes more of a challenge for me, it means overcoming the inertia of your laziness, indifference, apathy to actually get off your butt and do something. Right? Hmm. So, yes, um, Like, okay, you know, so you can, uh, I mean, theologians call this sins of omission, sins of commission, right? Right, right. Bad things you do or, or uh, good things you don't do. Uh, and, of course, self-control affects all of that. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. again, just back to how crucial it is for every area of life, for resisting temptation and propelling you forward to do the things that you know you need to do
2: that part you just said the second part like get off your butt people can still think of that like all right i gotta get the couch and get my you know sweatsuit on and go around the neighborhood with my headband on it's like no i mean that's that's one type of self-control but you to, you really get off your butt to serve like the next time you see somebody let's say you're even at the dinner table and the, and the salt's missing uh someone else will get it yeah Get up and get right. it, Serve. Use self control instead of the because your point in the book really uh, not to be missed is that self control is not it, it because it cuts through so many things. To, to even a simple example like that, or the, the, the water glass, the glasses are here, but there's no water on the table. Who you know, get, someone needs to go get that to resist the temptation or, or have self control over selfishness to not right. let that rule you, but say no, selfishness or laziness. Is not going to keep me seated. I'm going to actually get up and exert self-control in the positive direction of doing something and, and doing what Christ did right before he was crucified, serving his disciples, right?
4: Yeah. Washing their feet. Right. And there's so many little ways to do that. And you're right. It sounds silly, but am, am I going to get up and you know get the glasses of the water or the salt? But that life's full of those little moments, right? It's true. Uh, where you get to choose: Are you going to overcome that selfishness, <laughs> yeah. um, or are you going to give into it? Uh, and the good news is as you make the right choice, uh, first of all, God's Spirit empowers you, I believe, as you you set yourself aside, but it actually gets easier to do as you go, uh, whereas if you don't, your life gets harder. And here's the other thing. Most people aren't even trying to resist. They're not even aware of self-control. It's not even on their radar. Uh, and so if you're that person that is at least in the struggle you know, congratulations, That's that, you're doing the hard work hmm. that you've been called to in Scripture to strive after godliness, to live a life for other people, to love God, uh, rather than just live for yourself, and God will reward that desire. So, yeah, don't get discouraged. Uh, keep stumbling after Jesus. You can make progress in this area. <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
2: I like the way you put that. That's great. Drew, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for taking time to hang out with us today, and hopefully I'll we'll have cause to do it again sometime.
4: Likewise, anytime. It's been a lot of
2: fun. Excellent. Drew Dick been our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL, wrapping up the program. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. Thanks for tuning in today. See you
1: tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.